Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Years in the Face Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode, we have, if you've been following us for a while now, you should probably expect it, an interview with Steve from Warrior Wrestling. We're going to break down the entire card for Warrior Wrestling for the Eyes of March happening on March 15th, uh, very, very soon. And then we're going to ask Steve a bunch of cool and unique questions about the matches on the show. Correct, Chris? That is correct. Uh, I am hyped up for this one. I think, as, as Steve uh, says, it's a ridiculous card, and I, I agree 100%. It's ridiculous. It has a bunch of stuff. We even uh, mentioned the wrestling buffet line, how he likes to put in, you know, all different types of matches in his cards to, you know, please the crowd, and I think he has done that so far in the previous War Wrestling shows. So I'm looking forward to War Wrestling 4, March 15th. Yeah, absolutely. You can get your ticket at warriorwrestling.net. You can buy tickets to the Fan Fest, and you'll be able to meet every single wrestler on the show, plus Melissa Santos and Alicia Atut. I say her name wrong, but I just learned how to say it. Um, and it's totally worth worth the time, money, effort, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, Chris, uh, we can do plugs and then get right into an interview. For sure. You can follow us at Two Heels and a Face. That's two number two, Heels and a Face on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can listen to all of the other episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and don't forget twoheelsontheface.com, our website. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, if you join the VIP Fan Fest, we'll be there. We'll have a table. We'll have prizes. And you can join the Wrestling with Phelan. Yeah, we're doing a buffet roulette. So we're going to have people spin a wheel. And if you get the question right, you're going to be entered into a raffle to win a bunch of prizes that we will reveal on our Twitter page. Uh, legit stuff, cool stuff, fun stuff. I mean, for answering a question, it's definitely worth stopping by. So stop by our table at the Fan Fest, put your trivia knowledge to the test, and you'll be entered to win a raffle. So, yeah, follow us on Twitter, at Two Heels and a Face, and we'll announce what we got. Awesome. Let's jump on to the interview with Steve. Let's go. All right, we are now on the line with Steve from Warrior Wrestling. That's Warrior Wrestling for March 15th. 2019. We're just going to get the, the details out of the way. Marion Catholic High School, Chicago Heights, 700 Ashland Avenue, Chicago Heights, Illinois. VIP Fan Fest is 515 doors and starts at 530. And then uh, for the show, it's 630 doors, both times 730. Steve, did I get any of that incorrect or does that sound good? You nailed it. We are done. Thank you very much. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to give credit to Chris for up this agenda but uh how, what's up man how are you i am great guys as always it's wonderful to talk to you excited to be back on the podcast and we are counting down to warrior four man it's exciting absolutely the eyes of march right is that uh can you explain to me that i've heard that name before can you explain to me the, the naming of it though Absolutely. So it just kind of happened to fall that the date that worked for us was March 15th, which is the Ides of March or the dead center of March. It is in common lore a deeply uh, unlucky time or a time that is cursed. And it's the day on which Caesar was killed. So in Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, Ooh. one, of the, one mm. of the prophets in the beginning says, beware the Ides of March. And uh, it turned out not too hot for Caesar. And so we kind of like that ominous tagline for the date that we happen to have the show on. In terms of, uh, of, of like folklore, right? Like Caesar basically had someone turn heel on him, right? Or maybe he was the heel he and sure. someone turned face. 
<laughs> well, that's the big debate, right? Is that had he slowly turned heel and they turned face by killing him, or did everybody turn heel on him? It's it's up for interpretation. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and were were you a history teacher at one point? I would assume, or no? I sure as hell was history teacher and English teacher. So when the date fell there, I just was like, oh, it's the Ides of March done. And I know our color commentator, Nick Hausman, also appreciated that very much. So Hausman, if you're listening, me and you are geeking out together. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Okay. Thanks for explaining that, Chris. You can uh, jump right into your first point. All right. Um, so I want to open up uh, the, the discussion here on Warrior Wrestling 4 and just kind of talking to you, Steve, like we've seen changes over the previous Warrior Wrestling shows, right? From, you know, the the great production that you have. I know there's been, you know, tweaks here and there from each show to the next. What would be different? What's something different that we're going to see at Warrior Wrestling 4 compared to the others? Well, there is one big different thing that you will see, and it actually came about unrelated to Warrior Wrestling, but our school uh, was the recipient of a very generous gift in a partnership with a company, so we now have a giant jumbotron in the West Gym Marion Catholic, and that is on the far wall behind the stage that we set up for Warrior Wrestling, so we're going to be using it, obviously, for entrance videos and for video packages, but we'll do a couple of hype videos throughout the night as well, and we want to incorporate that element as much as we can into the show, so we think that adds a new wrinkle to the show, so obviously, we've got the incredible matches in the ring, but from a production standpoint, it's hopefully going to look more and more like a Raw or an Impact with a giant video screen. Awesome. And the West, you said the West Gym, that's the gym with the Fan Fest, correct? Or, no, or am I wrong? No, no, no. That's, uh, the West Gym is the big gym where the show takes place, the okay. arena. Yeah, so, cool. so the big board will be behind where the stage is, where everybody comes in. Sweet. Uh, yeah, that's great. That was, that was going to be my next question, just the, the why, how, and what behind that. But it sounds like you answered that. Uh, and, I, yeah, I saw the preview of it online, so I think that's really cool and it's going to be a nice addition and already add to like the awesome production you got going. We're really lucky. And, and again, that was not, not a warrior uh, wrestling toy. It's a Marian Catholic toy, but we get to play with it too. Awesome. Take away, take away the first match. Yeah. So what we want to do here is we want to go through the card and just kind of get your thoughts on it and kind of get the, the listeners hyped up about, you know, what's happening on March 15th. Sounds great. So, so the first match that I have written down here is the battle of regions. Southern mm-hmm. California versus Ohio, SEU versus OVE. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. My thoughts are I'm incredibly excited. Uh, we were able to secure SCU shortly after they became available, so their Ring of Honor contracts ended on January 1. I believe we struck a deal with Frankie and the guys on January 3 and were able to announce it to the world uh, at Warrior Wrestling 3 on January 5. And so from then it was just getting the right opponents. And at first we had them slated against other opponents who were awesome guys, but a couple other opportunities developed to use those guys differently. And then OVE mm-hmm. came into the picture. And actually, we first met OVE face-to-face at uh, Impact on January 6th, the, the homecoming pay-per-view. Got to talk to Sammy and the guys there and got to know them a little bit. And then um, a couple months later, things just kind of came together. And it's a match that OVE wanted. It's a match that SCU wanted. And it's a match that wrestling fans wanted. So we said, well, let's just give everybody what they want. And it's going to be the giant marquee main event. It's AEW versus Impact. It is the first time ever, and probably, to be honest, the last time ever, that these six guys are going to be in the same room together. So if you are a fan of either of those companies or either of those factions, you, you can't miss this. This is your chance. So who do you got? Who am I predicting wins? Yeah. 
Oh man, well I think it, it's what's going to be interesting is it's two totally different styles, right? So Kazarian Daniels yep. and Scorpio Sky are older veterans, but they've always been high flying, innovative move type guys. And Sammy Callahan and the Chris brothers are just fighters. They are scrappers, and so it's more of a brawling style versus a high flying hybrid style. At the end of the day, I think it's going to come down to does SCU hit a big move like the best melter ever, or do the does OVE just beat the snot out of them? So I, I would imagine the big moves of SCU are going to prevail, but, you know, that's why we play the game. Yeah, for sure. I, I got OVE. I got to stick loyal to, to the Ohio boys. Ooh, so that, that, okay. that should be fun. All right. So that, that's my prediction on that one. Charlie, do you have a prediction on this one? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I can go with loyalty as well. Uh, only loyalty because we've seen just so much more of OBE going to AEW shows over the past like three or four years. So, yeah, I would I would have to I'd have to go with my gut on that and and take that side. Nice. Well, it's good. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to it. Great. All right. Uh, for the Progress Women's Championship intergenerational dream match: Jordan Grace versus Lisa Marie Verone, otherwise known as Victoria from WWE or Tara. I believe from impact. Um, I, I'm really curious about how, and obviously if I ask the question, feel free then to go into like the match itself afterwards. Sure. Uh, but I'm really curious, like some of my questions just aren't specifically about the match. This is more about like the people wrestling in it. And this one this is awesome. one, how you got in contact with her and was she someone you had wanted for a while or did she just kind of like fall into your lap? Because I was not expecting her to be booked and I don't think a lot of people work. Well, so I think we got in contact with her through Twitter. Uh, she had announced in January that she was doing one last year in wrestling in 2019. And so she put her booking information out there. We contacted her reps and kind of talked to them through there. For us, it was a combination of a couple of things. We're always looking to bring in some stars with notoriety with WWE history and that we're good, that, that we're just kind of a flash in the pan. And she was obviously a multi-time women's champion, and it, she's a you know a Chicago hometown hero. And so those all factored in. We were also really looking for a great opponent for Jordan. The reality is Jordan Grace is a tough drink of water. And, you know, you, you need to book somebody that people believe can fight Jordan Grace. And we, there's not a lot of people out there that there's not a lot of uh, wrestlers out there that you think can stand toe to toe with Jordan, because we've seen Jordan throw a bunch of dudes around, whether it's Ethan Page and BLP or Brian Cage at all in. So, and we saw what Jordan did with Tessa and what she did to Kylie. And so you've got to book somebody that people want to see this fight and believe that that they're going to see a fight. And so when we, Landed on Victoria mm-hmm. or Tara or Lisa Marie, we just we thought, oh my gosh, she was known to be just a tough badass in her heyday, and she's the right challenge for Jordan. And it's her last year; it's probably our last time to work with her. Let's pull the trigger. And I will say, when we announced that match on Twitter, it got more initial buzz than any other match besides the SCUOB match. I mean, people were pumped okay. for this match. Yeah, I, I think your point stands uh, holds true because um, Black Label Pro just announced that she's going to wrestle. Uh, Nick Gage. Um, yes. So, yeah, you you need a badass versus badass. Um, and I think that's what you got here. Uh, and if there's any any point during the show where I can, uh, like, drop a hint to try to bring back the squared circle, because I miss that bar <laughs> so much, uh, I think we yeah. both should do that, if possible. I will put in a good word with her backstage. <laughs> Great. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, 
with Jordan Grace on this one, Chris, you can make your prediction and just head right into the next match you got. Uh, you know, we were talking about this, uh, the squirt circle come making a comeback, hopefully. Uh, so I'm going to stick with Victoria. Uh, Steve, do you have a prediction on this one? Uh, it depends if we see uh, the widow's peak. I think if she hits the widow's peak, it's over. Yeah. I don't think anybody kicks out of that. Uh, and vice versa, it depends on if Jordan hits that. She's got a devastating sit-out power bomb. And so if yeah. whoever hits the big move, that's that's the end of it. Awesome. So talking about awesomeness, one of my favorites, La Park versus Sam Adonis. Obviously my favorite being La Park. Um, <laughs> a lucha legend. Uh, I was super excited when you first announced this. Uh, you know, we had just recently had seen um, Elliot Park at, at the last week's uh, MLW taping here in Chicago. He went up against uh, Mance Warner. LaPark, he wrestles very differently from how he used to wrestle in his early years, right? And we have Samadonis, who's also been very violent towards, uh, you know, showing us his violent side with, with Pat Monick. Mm-hmm. So this could be... You have insurance on your tables, basically, as well. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's when I gotta meet with our maintenance guys and tell them to hide <laughs> all the good stuff. Uh, hmm. Yeah, you're, these guys have both have a history of brawling, and, and Sam Adonis in the six man tag last last show, as you mentioned, not only beat up uh, Monix but all the other guys in that match. And, and Adonis is a fighter, and as we know, you know, L.A. Park is the chairman, and so I imagine we're gonna see some some furniture used quite uh, liberally throughout that match and, and this is going to be the, the brawl this is going to be the fight on the show and um we know that going in and just everybody is sitting ringside be careful keep your head on a swivel and watch out for flying <laughs> objects that's great advice uh so my prediction on this one Elliot Park yeah I would have... echo that I don't I don't think the uh I don't think the chairman goes down lightly and I know Adonis is big and tough but Park's got something especially when he hits that strut as we saw last week at MLW <laughs> he's hard to beat yeah, for sure. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with LA Park as well because I don't see uh, unless I missed him on the scramble. I don't see Pat Monick book Pat Monick's booked, and I think he's out for revenge. So uh, I think Sam Adonis is gonna get a surprise handed to him, and it's gonna cost him the match. Dang. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, I'm next. Uh, pure wrestling match: Eddie Edwards versus Austin Aries. Uh, I like this idea because. Uh, I think that personally for me, and I don't watch a ton of Impact, but personally I think Eddie Edwards, every time I've seen him, he's got a kendo stick in his hand. And although mm-hmm. obviously obviously there are good things to that, um, I think the, the kendo stickness and, and just like relying on that for uh, most of his match, I think got to me a little bit oversaturated. So when I saw that it was just pure wrestling, I really enjoyed the switch up there. It was fresh. Uh, so my question you. to you, Steve, is uh, whose idea was this? And if you uh, had to put money on it, who's the better pure wrestler? Oh, damn. Well, so I'll start with the whose idea and totally pull the kayfabe curtain back here. Uh, this was a joint idea between myself and Austin Aries. We had a long phone conversation, gosh, maybe a week or two after Warrior 3, just kind of talking about the show. And, and I, you know, we, we said we're going to keep him and Eddie working together. And we kicked a lot of ideas back and forth. And, and it was Austin's idea where he said, you know, Eddie's become a garbage wrestler and I could kick his ass in a pure wrestling match. And then he stopped and he goes, why don't we do that? Boom. There's the challenge. Legitimately. He's like, why don't we do that? That's the challenge. Pure wrestling match, mm-hmm. Harry's and Edwards. And I, I just, <laughs> I was driving at the time and I was just like, well, 
let me pull over it and, and write that down and breathe because yes, Austin Aries, <laughs> Eddie Edwards, pure wrestling match. And um, so it was legitimately, honestly, a hundred percent genuinely a conversation between myself and Austin Aries where he legitimately laid the challenge down and I got in contact with Eddie Edwards and he literally just said, it's on. And that's, and that's what we tweeted out. <laughs> Pretty much that exact word for word conversation. Uh, I think Austin Aries is the better pure wrestler. So I'm going to go with him. Um, and I think that's a great story that you just told. Uh, Steve, what say you? Who do you have for this? You know, I think I'm going to agree with you. And, and so I love Eddie, and Eddie was a great pure wrestler in Ring of Honor, but as you said, he's been very much a brawler as of late. And Aries, as we saw when, when they faced off last night, Aries can go, man. Aries, Aries, you know, we've seen the match against Neville or Pac and all the stuff mm-hmm. he did in Ring of Honor and Impact. I think no kendo stick, no garbage cans, Aries beats him. Great. Chris, what about you? I could agree. Uh, Austin Aries, pure wrestler. So I'll jump into the next one here, which what I have here is, this is crazy. It's, it's crazy. Fatal four-way <laughs> for the Warrior Wrestling Championship. All three members of the Rascals, Desmond, Trey, Sack versus Brian Cage. Do you have enough yeah. cameras to capture all the action that's going to be happening in this match? We We need to add some ringside cameras. I mean, the Rascals are incredible. And, you know, Cage's strength, we saw him do the two insane monkey flips to Bandito at Warriors mm-hmm. 3. And my thought is like, oh, my God, poor Zachary Wentz is going to end up in the 15th row. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just – it's their speed, their incredible innovative maneuvers versus his strength and power and his speed, too. Remember, Cage can fly. So, yeah, this is just going to be – I mean – it's going to be like trying to watch eagles swooping around your head. There's going to be so much movement, so much craziness going on. It's going to be awesome. My prediction here is that Brian Cage just retains the title. He he will, you know, as many crazy moves as they will do on Brian Cage, he's just going to, at the end of the day, power his power is going to dominate this match. And I would agree. I don't think there's any situation in which you'd get me to bet against Brian Cage. I'm going to third bet. And, yeah, I think the Rascals just, you know, they're too caught up in doing a little extracurricular activity, if you catch my yeah. drift. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Cage. But first time anywhere ever, dream match, Kylie Ray versus Britt Baker. Uh, like yes. you said, Like you said before, the reaction that Kylie showed to that match during the backstage interview with the lovely Val Capone was a shoot reaction. She didn't know <laughs> what was going on. Um, so my question to you is first I got, uh, Oh, this is really my only question. Uh, seriously though, Steve, are, are we yeah. going to see any, B, any BTE shenanigans? Cause the, the SCU's ah. on this card. And also this is a, this is a match that could build into double or nothing. Cause at double or nothing, it's these two women and a third one thrown in. So are we going to see any of that going on? I hope so. But you know as much as I know. So um, I, I, as I as I shared with some guys after MLW, uh, and Chris, I think you were in the circle. True, you know, KFA yeah, away. Um, mm-hmm. we, we they're all invited, you know, and we've, we've sent the sent the flare up many a time to everybody, saying, "Hey, come on over." And uh, I've had that conversation with Frankie Kazarian. Um, we would absolutely not turn them away. As of right now, I have absolutely no idea if if they are going to come by. Um, they're invited. We've sent that invitation personally. We've sent that invitation through people. And um, I, I don't want to say yes and get people to buy a ticket thinking they're going to be there and be disappointed because I don't know okay. that for a fact. But 
Um, they have been invited, and we'll see what happens. So, but but I would be trust me. If anybody who wants to see it, I'm number one on that list. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got to go with Kylie to win. Um, uh, and yeah, I uh, I just says uh, obviously with my heart and my head, uh, but I think she could take one here because I think Britt uh, probably the favorite to win a double and nothing. So uh, oh, okay. you know maybe give them give them each a victory, and that could lead into something else. So. I'm going to take Kylie here because because of my head and my heart. Uh, what do you think, Steve? I think Britt pulls it off. Britt has, and this is not a knock on Britt. It's been a tough road to hoe. She's 0 for 2 in Warrior Wrestling. And I think mm. um, this is where she gets her victory. I think Britt puts herself on the mat. That's that's interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to stick with Kylie Ray. I just can't go, you know, I can't bet against her. Um, mm-hmm. But it will definitely be, it will definitely be a close one for sure. Following the card here, we have a one-on-one, and I put it in parentheses, sort of, because it's <laughs> Robert Anthony with Frank the Clown versus Brian Pillman Jr. And mm-hmm. I believe this is a continuation of what happened at War Wrestling 3, correct? That's correct. So they were the first two entrants in the free-for-all match, which was kind of like our Royal Rumble Elimination Chamber match, and they were the final two entrants, and it all came to a head when Frank the Clown distracted the referee, Ego used the cane, and Ego got the victory. So Frank mm-hmm. caused it. Pillman confronted him backstage. And now we've got a one-on-one, sort of, with Pillman versus Ego. Yeah. for And, you know, I'm all down for hashtag beat up Frank the Clown. So I'll stick with <laughs> Brian Pillman on this one. I agree. I don't think you keep fly, flying Brian down. Yeah, I will third that as well. Um, the, the Battle of the Behemoths. Moose versus yes. Wardlow. So... Here's your Haas match. You've had a Haas match, I think, on every show right now. Yes. Um, my question is, my question for you is, how have the different types of matches, or, or like, how how is the, how do you think the Haas? Let me start that over. How do you think the Haas <laughs> matches have fared during these shows? And then, have you received any feedback, like specifically on having a Haas match on your show, or like having that variety on your show? Do you think the Haas matches are working for you? And do you think? Uh, Wardlow, although the underdog, can get the job done. So the the feedback we generally get is that people really like the variety, and um, and so okay. that's why we keep doing that, and we like it too. Um, the Haas matches are always – it's a different pace, right? So if you had – and we'll talk about DJZ and Sammy Guevara in a minute. If you had eight matches that were DJZ versus Sammy Guevara, by the fifth one, it wouldn't feel special anymore, and it yeah. wouldn't – you know, the the crowd pop wouldn't be there and the buy-in wouldn't be there. So you need to do, right. it's like you're getting a multi-course meal. You need to do different flavors and different types of foods at each course so that everything feels different and feels fresh. And so um, like, a, like a big Haas match, like last time we had Moose and Ethan Page, this time it's Moose and Wardlow. It's definitely going to be a slower pace than like your scramble match or your DJZ Sammy Guevara. And it's meant to be. And, and so it's a different type of wrestling with a different impressive type of physicality as impressive as what Trey Miguel and Zach Wentz and Desmond Xavier are going to do in the four way. As far as aerial moves and combinations, the strength on display, the pure mass and momentum on display when Moose goes for a spear or Wardlow slams it is a different type of physical impressiveness. So, um, it is, it is different, but it's not meant to be the same as some of those others. It's meant to be different on purpose. And uh, yeah. to your second question, I think Wardlow was one of the most impressive debuts I've seen when he showed up for us uh, last 
uh, show. And so if there's anybody that can slam and, and put down the big moose, I think it's Wardlow. So I, I got yeah, Wardlow no, I, for the W. Great. I, th- I agree. Um, I agree with basically everything you said. And, yeah, I wanted to see – and obviously, you know, here at Two of the Face, we believe wrestling is a buffet. So we agree with the variety. And I wanted to see, though, if you're getting, like, the same – feedback from fans that sounds like fans also believe in the wrestling is a buffet mentality uh i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with wardlow just because i'm in that type of mood and yeah i think wardlow is no someone i don't see anywhere else and i think it would be cool if wardlow uh owned warrior wrestling at some point or just like moved his way up to maybe even face cage so i'm just in that type of underdog uh willy-nilly mood if you will so i'm going to take wardlaw nice for me in this match it, it, it was a little difficult but then i remembered how moose has been a douche for so long now <laughs> and then i just gotta stick with wardlow and yeah and definitely his his um debut uh last show was really impressive um and i think that was uh, a small conversation charlie and i had where it's like man i see wardlow going up against cage uh, in one of the upcoming shows, like it'll be pretty pretty cool to have that be the hoss match. So for now, Wardlow it is. Uh, you, Steve, and Charlie referenced the buffet line here, and this upcoming match feels like a dessert to me. It's <laughs> DJC versus Sammy Guevara. Yes. Like, you know, you, we went from the Rascals to and, and Brian Cage to the the Behemoth ma- Battle of the Behemoths, and now this again. It, it feels like such a treat. Like this is going to be insane. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely nuts. And one of the things that we try to do when we set things up with the wrestlers is ask the wrestlers. And so, again, we're experts. And by we, I mean Eric and I, my right-hand man, and, and Mike Cassidy and all the different people involved. Um, we're not experts. We're, we're going to put the best shows that we possibly can on, but we're by no means 10-year veterans of the business. And, and we're open for other people's ideas and interpretations of what they want to do. And we always ask the wrestlers, who would you want to work with? Who, if, if we could book anybody for you on this show, who do you want? And both Sammy Guevara and DJ Z said each other. And so when it came to pass that we were able to book DJ Z on the show and the six man was changed around, we went back to both of them and said, hey, what do you think about this? And they both said, done. It's going to be special. And uh, we're excited. We're, we think it's going to be really special. Absolutely. Um, I, I got to stick with uh, DJ Z on this one. I really hope he pulls off the win, but I know it's not going to be easy. Great. I think DJ Z gets the win. Hometown boy. He's, he was on Warrior 1, uh, Warrior 2. Uh, we missed him last show, but uh, I think he picks up the victory. He is has yet to be pinned. He beat Monix, and uh, Seidel was pinned in the triple threat the first one. So DJ Z is undefeated in Warrior, so I'm going with him to keep that rolling. Yeah, I can't. Uh, this is a coin flip for me, so I'm just going to be one of the Joneses, and I'm going to say the same. I'm going to say DJ Z because uh, I can't decide. Um so the, the six-man scramble became a seven-man scramble, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isaiah Velasquez, The Definition, Marvelous Matt Niff, Rich Swan, Andre Everett, Gringo Loco of the Loco Square Auditorium, Bryce <laughs> Benjamin, and, and Ace Austin, correct? Is that all seven? That is correct. This is going to be nuts. <laughs> um, and, yes, this is your face melter, correct? Can you explain to me this how you face melter? How you envision this melting faces? I want to hear your interpretation. Well, I think we have seven guys in there now that 
are just ridiculous. So Ace Austin is a guy we've been in, in talks with for months and months and months. Originally, he was booked on some shows in New England. Uh, the weekend of Warrior 4, it didn't work. His bookings and things changed around, and he became available and got in contact with us. And we said, done. You know, we're just we're, – we're, we're putting him in. So, um, I mean, you saw Everett Swan at Warrior 3, and you saw all the things that they could do. Gringo and Bryce and Matt Nix have been crushing at every opportunity they've gotten at a Warrior show. We love the freelance yeah. guys, love to focus them and feature them. And so whether it was the six-man at Warrior 2 or the free-for-all last show, they've just been absolutely crushing it. So the four of them, plus Everett, plus Swan, and then now you add an Ace Austin, who is I mean, every bit as crazy as the Rascals or a DJ Z or Sammy Guevara. I mean, this this has the potential to just, you know, like when the Nazis open the Ark of the Covenant and they all melt, I think that might happen. <laughs> and I can tell you... <laughs> The bad thing is that this is the opener. So if they melt everyone's faces off, they're not going to get to see the rest of the show. Damn. Yeah. I don't oh, want my face a, melted, great but I do want to watch this. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, – I want to go with one of our freelance boys. I really do. But I'm going to probably say Andrew Everett, I feel, might be the favorite here. So I'm going to go with him. And what do you think, dude? I'm thinking uh, Rich Swan. You can't, you can't bet against Swan. He's our boy. I, I will have to pick Gringo. Ooh, Gringo Loco turns uh turns uh, Marion Arts uh Catholic High School into the local square auditorium. <laughs> so this again, ridiculous. The six man tech match, it's ridiculous. Yes. Ethan Page, the Space Pirates, versus Hornswoggle, Congo Kong, and Jungle Boy. Yes. I I don't think I would ever even think about putting this together, but once I saw it in front of me, I'm like, that is perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we so we 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 talk about you know Eric and I sit sit back and we watch a lot of wrestling and we talk about all the guys that we think are impressive and all the combinations and we are very very particular about the matches we put together. We don't just say oh we booked this guy this guy this guy this guy uh he'll work him. Like we don't book a match we don't book a guy unless we have an idea and we really really like that idea. And the idea that developed here was what if we took all these totally ridiculous characters and brought them together? So like Congo Kong and Jungle Boy, Hornswoggle, the Space Pirates. And then we're like, what if we stuck Ethan Page in the middle of this? Because Ethan Page, <laughs> I think, is the most deadpan, amazing uh-huh. We had babyface Ethan Page against Moose last time, and it was ridiculous. And it worked. And so we put this idea together. I actually pitched the page in person at a Black Label Pro show, and he laughed and laughed and laughed. And the way I pitched it to him was, it's basically Seinfeld, and he's Jerry Seinfeld. He is the straight man, the normal guy, surrounded by all these clowns, and he has to figure out, literally, why the hell am I in this match? And that's that's what we put together, and we're excited to see it. I mean, just as much as we are promoters and bookers, we're fans. And Mm -hmm. I can't wait to stand around the curtain and watch what the heck all these guys do. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see a spot with Hornswoggle and Congo Kong. Like, what can they do together? Like, I think that's going to be interesting. And then you throw Jungle Boy in the mix of that team. It, it, oh, it's, it's just going to be absolutely us, nuts. Yeah, some some funny spots, too. Like, we do need sprinkled comedy in there. So I, I really hope to see that. Um, so for that that being said, I'm going to stick with that team, the Hornswoggle, Congo Kong, and Jungle Boy. That's why I got it. Ooh, I, I haven't even thought about this yet. I would I would agree. I think there is something that happens, as you said, with Hornswoggle and Congo Kong, which, first of all, has to be the greatest mass differential in tag team partners ever. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think they get the victory. Hey, I think, and, and I'm going to go even one further. I think Swoggle gets the pin. Oh, that would wow. be interesting, yeah. Here's how I picture it. I picture 
that Hornswoggle, Congo Kong, and Jungle Boy live on an island, and that <laughs> Ethan Page is the captain, and he's sailing in on a ship with the Space Pirates as his number two and number three people. And I would also love if, like, Congo Kong came to the ring, and on his back was Hornswoggle, and then on <laughs> Hornswoggle's back was Jungle Boy. So if any of those things can happen, I think it'll be a success. Um, I am going to I'm... do my best to make those things happen. <laughs> okay, great. Kind of maybe use, like, the mini, one of the mini WrestleMania rings and make that the, the, make that the ship and the pirate ship. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Um, I think that and... sounds amazing. I apologize. <laughs> I'm, I'm outside now and there's an ambulance going past. Sorry, guys. Not a problem. Uh, I'm going to go with Ethan Page and the Space Pirates solely because Ethan Page uh, is a body guy now and has lost a ton of weight, and <laughs> I think that's going to propel him to victory. Um, the last few things we wanted to mention, I know you got to go because – No worries. No worries. What do you got? I wanted to know how uh, Melissa Santos and Alicia Tout – I don't know if I said that right. A toot. What a are the, toot. What are the ro- Canadian. A toot. A toot. But uh, what are the roles going to be? And, uh, you know, yeah, what can we expect from that? Is Melissa going to be ring announcing? They both kind of do – they both can probably do, you know, many things. Yeah, they're both really versatile. So Melissa will uh, ring announce for Brian Cage. So we will see the the bringing back of his great Lucha Underground entrance, and she will be uh, in his corner and ringside for that fatal four-way. So we'll see if she plays a role at all. But uh, she will be there with her fiancé, Brian Cage, She'll also be in the fan fest meeting people and um, this generally be a personality for us. Alicia Atut is going to be in the fan fest and she uh, is also going to do some vlogging throughout the night. And we may have her do a few segments with the audience. We haven't finalized it yet. Um, she won't be doing our backstage interview. We've got the best interviewer in the business, Val Capone, taking care of that. But we, uh, yep. we're going to try to use Alicia in a couple ways that play to her strengths and also get people to meet her because we think she's great. And generally when we put this together, we want to put together great matches. We also just want great personalities at the show. We want people there that make this buzzworthy. And we think Alicia does that. So we're excited to have her. Cool. Yeah. The, I had all the, I had all the, uh, Lucha Underground different types of entrances flashing through my head when he said that. So, uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember she could do Daga really well and there's probably some other ones, but yeah, I'm looking forward to something very extravagant. Like we have heard in the temple. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'll be really cool. Like, that just adds to the fan fest for the listener. Like, so many people you can get a chance just to interact with, and uh, it's really cool. That's like It's almost like there's the cherries on top to this awesome Sunday in a buffet line. So, um, yeah, so that's, keeps that's all we got. Out, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's all we got, though. Um, so if, if we, I guess we can leave you with the floor uh, if you wanted to say anything else before we go, Steve. Yeah, just a reminder to everybody to get your tickets at warriorwrestling.net and uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all Warrior Wrestling, second word, no vowels, so W-R-S-T-L-N-G. The show's next Friday, the 15th of March, the Ides of March, as we talked about. And, you know, every show, we try to book the best show we possibly can. And we were just sitting back and looking at the card a couple days ago, and we went, we booked the most ridiculous show we possibly could. So we're pumped for it as fans, as much as we are as promoters. And we hope anybody that's listening anywhere in the Midwest, come check it out. It's going to be worth your time, we promise. Awesome. That's 
Uh, I'm excited. We'll see you there. We'll be at the VIP Fan Fest as well, enjoying and talking to fans. So thanks, Steve, for the opportunity, and uh, see you on March 15th.